Bethan. Father, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to stand and to serve you and to speak what you have given me to say. Father, I just ask now, just as little as the word is, Father, that you would divide it every each way so that every single person in this room will receive a word directly from you. And Father, I thank you that your word will change us and your word will draw us to you and your word will bring us to that revelation of who we are in you. Father, I thank you as we discover you this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. You know, this word is um, almost literally killed me <laughs> because uh, Mark said testimony breeds testimony. And um, I went to London yesterday, it would be yesterday morning, early in the morning. And um, Les came with me because he wanted to come with me. Because I, I have a very short time, just going to cut it short. And I didn't want him to come because I said, oh, you are tired, you sleep. He said, no. So I just said, okay, I didn't argue with him, so he came with me. We left London, bought coffee on the way back, drank it. And then on the way back, I thought, I just started thinking about one of the scriptures I was going to share this morning because I knew I was going to be busy producing chili sauce yesterday. As I was meditating on the word, I fell asleep on the wheel. I slept, and I could hear her screaming, but somehow I didn't connect the screaming with me. I literally, I slept. And then I woke up just as I was just about to hit, you know, one of those signs that said 20 miles to this and 20 miles to that. And then how I turned the wheel, really, I can only say it was God. Amen? Amen? So this word this morning literally killed me. But on Friday, I left work, and I was driving home. Again, I was meditating in one of the scriptures. This one, I didn't fall asleep. I was actually just thinking, I'm rolling over. And there was this car in front of me, right in, the, in Papworth, just as you turn off to go to Sarah's Green's house. There's a set of traffic lights there. And this car, just in front of me, I thought it was turning right, and it just went, swept, went straight, boom, hit the bullet flipped over, turned back here, and I was really, I had to break very hard again. So, do you think there's something that God wants you to hear this morning? Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Yeah, so I'm really excited that I haven't been here in a long time, so I'm just going, Mark, we are playing good cop, bad cop. So, he wanted to start off this message, but in the end, he called me last week, said, no, Joyce, I think you go first. That's because he wants to kind of like make amend when I'm finished, so, <laughs> yeah. yeah, amen, so just to recap, um, Mark just wants us to do this together because he's been um, talking about surprise the world, and um, I don't know what his letter is this morning, but he wanted me to pick up so that he can finish the series, just to recap about what Mark has been saying, he'll be talking about surprise the world, just to um, say, you already have everything that you need to go out and do what God has called you to do. Yeah? And he said, you don't have to do it the traditional way because, you know, that is not how Jesus taught us to do it. That you're supposed to just go. That's the great commission. Go and preach the word, right? Or go and make disciples or go and do this. That's a big commission. So, and then he's saying that um, we can do this by having teas and coffee. These are my words, by the way. By having teas and coffee, you know, forget your calorie counting. You go out there and 
um, <laughs> make disciples. And, and he also said last week that in order to do this, you need to partner with the Holy Spirit to do it. Amen? So I'm just kind of like narrowing it down. So I guess what I'm doing this morning is just moving on from that to say, he said to partner with the Holy Spirit, hear the Holy Spirit, and then you go out and share what the Holy Spirit is giving you. But I just want to back off a little bit that before you actually can partner with the Holy Spirit, you need to know the Holy Spirit. You need to know what his voice sounds like. You need to know when God is speaking to you and when the enemy is speaking to you or when you are speaking to yourself. And in order to do that, we have to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And that relationship starts not on Sunday morning. Not on when you are having teas and coffee with somebody in front of you. That that relationship starts in where I call the secret place. That's where you find God. That's where you find yourself. And when Mark is talking about going out to tea, having teas and coffee and all that, that's great because that's primarily that's what we are all called to do. That's the bigger picture for those who profess Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But what is your part in that? Are we all supposed to go to Costa Coffee in Royston? Are we all supposed to go to all the Starbucks in, in Cambridge? So to know what your part is, again, partnering with the Holy Spirit, but you need to know what the Holy Spirit is telling you to do. And I get part of that is actually knowing your purpose here on earth. And to know that purpose, you find it, Again, with that relationship with God. And I'm going to say something that I've heard that really shook my belief system. And I'm going to share it with you this morning. I heard a, a man of God that I respect very much say that, that even God himself, you know, when Mark is saying, go out and do something, and what he's really saying, go and live your purpose, right? Go and live the purpose for which you were created. And this guy said, and he shook me, and I've meditated on it, I've listened to it, and he said that, that God himself was irrelevant on the earth until he created the earth. Because God was always was, right? He was always there. God is eternal. God is always present everywhere. But until he created the earth, he was irrelevant here on the earth. True? So are you. Until you leave your purpose on earth, you are irrelevant. Basically, until the church leaves its purpose on earth, we are all irrelevant. The church is irrelevant, right? I guess that's what Mark has been saying. So, I'm saying for you to be that relevant, for you to know what your purpose is, for you to serve that purpose, you need to have that close relationship with he who created you and put that purpose and destiny in you. And you cannot find that by listening to Mark on Sunday morning. You cannot do that by listening to me. You cannot do that by listening to Olive and Roger. You can do that one-on-one -on -one with the Father. Nothing else matters. That is the only thing that counts. Your relationship with God. You can win thousands of thousands and thousands of souls to God. Without that personal relationship, on the last day, he'll say to you, depart from me, 
I know you not. I just thought I'd get that out of the way before I start talking about how to hear him and how to hear him for the one. Amen? And also to say, you don't get to know that, um, that word for that person until you spend that time with God and know, uh, know his voice, learn to recognize his voice, and then when you stand, when you come to church on Sunday morning and he says, I'm speaking to so I'm speaking to um, only, for example, saying that, yes, the destiny and purpose that is put in your life, he's not forgetting it, neither should you. Right? Amen. That's actually a word. So, <laughs> so and that, you know, sometimes we think time is, is, is moving fast. But God is never late. He's always on time. Amen. So, how do you know when God is got that word for specifically for the person in front of you? Learning to hear his voice. So, Jesus said, even him, who is the great master, I'm not going to go into scriptures because I know Mark is going to come up in a minute. How long have I gone now? <laughs> so, um, Jesus himself, he said, in of himself, he could do nothing. If Jesus in him of himself could do nothing, what makes you think you can without them? If Jesus said, in of myself, I can't do anything, you cannot do that either. And it doesn't mean you have to do it with Mark or do what Mark tells you to do. It means you have to do what he tells you to do. Because he is the spirit of truth and he will never lead you astray. Amen? So I think I'm waffling around actually talking about what I'm talking about is prayer. That before you step out, before you decide to do something, before you want to jump in, you need to go and have, because that's what prayer is. It's a relationship. It's communion with the Father. He's saying, God, he said, in Genesis, God said, let us make man in our own image. And I, who was, see, for me, I picture it this way, that there was a meeting in heaven. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. They got together and said, let us make man in our image. That's a relationship. They understood each other. They knew what they wanted. They knew what it was like. And then, he said, you know, after, before that, God had come in. He had spoken what was already in him. I'm just trying to jump around a bit because we can't do this on a Sunday morning. This is bigger than Sunday mornings or so. I'm jumping around a bit and it may look like there's no structure to it. That's because I'm just aware of time, right? So he, when he said, let there be light, and there was light, we can go, wow, he created light from nowhere. That's not true. Light was, right? Light was already there. God is light. God was light. He continues to be. So he spoke out what was already there. So, and he said, let there be this and let there be that. So I'm telling you that everything that we need to go out, Everything that we need to speak to somebody in front of us is already there, in, you know, is, is there waiting for you to come and to open that, 
you know, vote up and say, okay, here is what I need for this day. I'll take it. And you get that in that secret place. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide. So in order to do all these things that Mark is talking about, we need to go back to basis. We need to go back to that place where we have that one-on-one -on -one relationship with God, where we discover God in order to discover ourselves. That's where we get it. That's, 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 that's prayer. That's, you know, you, when you go, you come, uh, Mark um, uh, used the scripture last week, he said, be slow to, to um, it's be quick to listen, slow to speak. When you go there and you sit, you literally can sit. Honestly, guys, you literally can see and see, you know, um, sometimes it's just the throne room you see and you see all this wonderful light. You just need to sit down and listen with no agenda. Don't go to God saying, I want to hear from you so that I can go out. Let the purpose of your going be just to be in relationship with your heavenly father. And then when you see there, last week in the Simply Worship, I had a vision where, um, or, or um, a picture of, a, of, a, of um, an open book, just plain book. There was nothing in it. And I think actually it's relevant for this morning, what I'm talking about is when you have that, you are blank, you are empty, you go and you literally sit, you know, you sit with the father or you put your head on his chest and you hear his heartbeat. And in that place where you are saying, Lord, I love you. I love you. Help me to understand how much you love me. And in that place of heart-to-heart -heart connection, he begins to feel those pages, those blank pages. And when you live there, there's something for you to take forward. So I'm guessing Mark's letter is probably P today. What's your letter today? Not P, not prayer. Yes. Well, so what you do in order to go is to go back to basis and have a relationship with God. I think I'll read John 15. I've got several scriptures here. That's not the one I was meditating on when I slept off. I was meditating on Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. Just really thinking about creation, you know, and the let there be. And to say I have that power in me, I was so excited about it. Maybe too excited. And then, oh, my gosh, I have all this and slept off. No. So let's try John 15. Jesus said, I am divine. And you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And when you think about that, you see, he is divine and you are the branches. Without him, you can do nothing. So when you, before you go out, because I've just run through basis about having that relationship, that's where you get the revelation. So, so I'm hoping by this time now, you know what his voice sounds like. So I've moved forward. Yeah? So when you've abided in, in, in Jesus and he abides in you, whatever you know that your purpose is, that he's called you to do in this part of surprise the world, you can only bear fruit from that place of abiding. So once you've abided, and the thing to do, and I'm, here's where I'm going to use practical example, 
is to go out. When, first of all, when you are going to God and you are abiding in him, the purpose, like I said, is not for you to say, I need a word to speak to somebody today. Give me a word to speak to somebody today. No, when you go in that secret place and you have that meeting, he already will give you because you know the desires of your heart, yeah, and he'd meet that. And you may not even know that that deposit is there until you go out and you are standing in front of the person. So when you go and stand with the front of the person, now somebody is saying to you, oh, for example, I want you to agree with me in prayer. And notice I use the word agree with me in prayer because sometimes what we use prayer, prayer line for is to, to get other people to be our prayer. Uh, um, so, so you pray for me. So when I'm talking about agree with me in prayer, it means I already pray. I already have a word from God. I already know this is what is going on. I'm coming to you to agree with me. And so sometimes I, I'm now getting this holy thing when somebody, you know, saying pray for me. I'm saying I can pray with you. I want to pray with you. You know, I want to pray with you. I want to pray a prayer of agreement with you. I want to agree with you. I don't want to pray for you because I don't have the answers for you. You know, I want to agree with what you already believe in because where two shall agree as touching anything, it will be done by our Father in heaven. So I hope, I think, Mark, we, um, we plan to do like a prayer day of what, you know, prayer is and what prayer isn't. Prayer is no, you know, you can't use somebody else as a proxy. Oh, my church is praying for me, you know. My, pray, my church, I like the word, I want to agree with you because I know that's what you already agree with. Okay, so let's start with believers first. If you to hear, and somebody is in front of you and they say, um, pray for me or agree with me. And you see them limping, for example, because they're suffering from, say, arthritis. And we just launch into it. By the strife, you are healed. You know, God can heal. It's nothing is impossible before God. And we don't actually know the, 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 uh, what God wants to do in that person's life that will actually bring, ultimately bring the healing, right? There could be something that they need themselves to, come, to have a revelation of before, you know, so the healing thing may not be the thing they're actually coming to pray for. Maybe they're not, they're not praying. They, just for the fact that you saw them limping does not mean they want, okay, they want, they want their legs to get healed, you know, but maybe that's not what was bothering them. I'll give you a real-life um, example. Somebody um, came to me and said, you know, um, they've been suffering from depression. And for some, some reason, somehow, God is really bestirring my heart about, you know, sickness, that physical sickness that we see, we can emp empathize with people. But emotional um, sickness that we can't see, we just don't think is there because we wear makeup. So somebody just talking about, oh, I'm depressed. She didn't even say pray for me because she wasn't um, a Christian. I said, oh, I'm depressed. I'm taking all these tablets and everything. I'm thinking, I'm sitting in front of this. I'm thinking, I've just got this job where I'm trying to do a job. I'm a frontline staff. You're not supposed to be, you know, chatting to people about their things. So she went on and on and on and on about how I come to take the job. It's another story because it's not the job I ever wanted. But that's, by the way. And they're talking to me and all that. And all I could hear is the God is saying, just tell her I love her, even if nobody cares that, you know, I care for her. And those people that think that she doesn't matter, 
that she does matter to the only one who she needs to matter to. And I'm sitting there and I brought her a box of tissue and, she went, and then I'm thinking, how do I say this without saying God, you know? And then I just said to her, I said, you know, you are so beautiful. You've got the most beautiful eyes I've ever seen. And suddenly she said, oh, nobody's ever told me that before. So I said, no, you do have beautiful eyes. I said, you know, sometimes things can weigh us down. And when those things weigh us down, they can make us feel unloved and uncared for. I said, because we are just looking through the lenses of what we are going through. That's particular. I said, but if you come to think of it, I said, I don't know you. And when I see you coming, sat, before you even sat down in front of me, I just said, oh, you know, I felt that, you know, you are so loved and you don't even know it. And then out of her mouth, she said, are you a Christian? <laughs> I said, yes, I am. You know, she said, oh, okay, have you heard about, forgetting what she said, she said, this church, they go rampant in people's houses and everything. I said, okay, yeah, no, I've not heard of them. And then I started talking to, to her, just not about God. And I said, oh, there's a similar group. They meet in Trumpington Village College. <laughs> um, uh, Trumpington, um, College. She said, oh, I can't get there. Blah, blah, blah. I said, okay, if you do. But this is somebody, I can't take her number. I can't do anything. So I'm praying that the Holy Spirit, at the end of it, I knew her love story, that she just lost her mother. And then she feel her friend. Now the thing that God was talking to me, to her about, that her friends, they said to her to get on with it, and she feels that no one cares and everything. And I said, I was able to bring truth into that to say, actually, that's not true. You know, people care. I said, I've only met you this family, and I only feel like I know you for ages, and I think you are a really good person, and, you know, I know you are, you are hurting, and God wants to heal your heart. Because she's asked me if I was a Christian, I said, yes, but now I can tell her. And then she left. You know, she came in looking like this, and she went out, I could see the transformation in her, right? God didn't tell me about that in the morning, but I've had my place with God that morning before I left home, just being about my normal godly business with him. Amen? So when you are going out, this going out, going to do what you're is, is that. First of all, start. If you are not ready, there's no need to rush it. God speaks to all of us, yes, all the time he speaks. But you need, are you hearing what he's saying? Start from that place. And when that person is in front of you, you will hear him. Because he said you are his sheep. And you hear his voice. Yep. Amen. And there's no chapter and verse on hearing God that he can tell you. You know, sometimes you catch these things just by association. You know, but the place most that you catch it is that place one-on-one. -on -one. And you can do this through the scripture. Maybe it's just a scripture verse that is running around in your mind, in your heart all day. And you're thinking, ah, oh God, I know this scripture, but what is the relevance of it? And then you go to Costa Coffee to have your tea and coffee. And suddenly, that person is in front of you talking about all sorts. I say, ah, I know just the scripture for this person. And you say, and then you open up a whole different, you, you don't want to say it as scripture, but you know what the scripture is implying. Say those words in your own words. We don't have to be churchy. And then, you know, God will speak directly to the person. Amen? But what we have to yearn that for ourselves, first of all. This is what I'm going, I'm, 
what God is impressing on my heart is, you know, is actually for you to, for us, not for you, for us to go to that place first. That is what counts. Because you can get so worked up thinking, I've got to do this, and you miss the bigger picture. I guarantee you, once you go to that place, that secret place, to have that one-on-one -on -one relationship with God, all these things will follow. Because God has created us with a purpose, with a destiny, and he wants to see us fulfill that destiny. Who wants to see you fulfill your destiny more than he who has created you and put that destiny in there? He wants the church to rise up to be his bride. He wants the church to rise up, to go out to the dark world and be a light. That's what he's want. That's what his desire is. But he desires most of all is you. He desires you. He desires your heart. He desires your very being. He desires every attention that you could give to anything. And God desires that attention. And once you give him that attention, all other things open up to you. Because he is the author and the finisher. He knows everything. So if you don't take anything this morning, because I want to go back to hearing God, but this is where I, this is where I get drawn back into. And I believe that this is what God is saying to us. Even in 2019, he wants your heart. To be able to be this church that Mark has been talking about to surprise the world, he wants your heart. And when you give him your heart, he gives his whole heart and mind away. And then when you step out there, you are not stepping out in yourself, in your knowledge of what you know and what you don't know. You are stepping out with him. And he is the one who knows what the person standing in front of you needs. He knows everything. And so I want to encourage us in that secret place Mission, the secret place mission, that's where you give birth to the global world mission. And that's for me, is prayer. I, I love prayers. The way I've understood prayer, I'm growing, I keep growing every day. I used to think we can just pull down stronghold, do this, do that, yes. But you know, you don't need to pull down strongholds, you don't. Because when you carry God, strongholds just literally fall. You don't need to be pulling them. You don't need to pull. They will fall. You know, that place of communion. Jesus withdrew all the time. Jesus said this in his word. He said, I only do what I see the Father do. And so, we should only do what we see Jesus do. So, how do you see Jesus? How do you know how or what Jesus looks like if you have no relationship with him? Buki, can you come? Sorry, I'm going to pick on Buki. The reason I'm going to book on Buki was Buki knew exactly what happened in my house and in my garage yesterday. Right? What happened yesterday? You got a call from Les. Yeah, the bottles ran out and we're panicking, right? Yeah. Okay. How would you know that? No, no other person in this room knows that. Because Uncle Les called. Yeah, and why did he fail to call you? Because we have that 
relationship. Yes. And because we have that so much relationship, my jars are actually kept in her garage. Right? So there are things I know about Buki right now that most of you don't know. So I don't just, Buki didn't just know that I ran out of jars because when she came to stand beside me. I'm just trying to use practical example. She knew that from a place of relationship because we called her, we told her about it. Help, we need help because we can't stop halfway. And I know some things that is happening in her life right now because we have that relationship. I didn't just know that just by standing next to her. It's exactly the same. Thank you, Rev. It's exactly the same with God. I knew a lot of things about Mark. I don't have that much relationship with him, not that, but I have a perfect relationship with the one person who knows him more than anybody else in this room, and that's Cheryl. So I'm talking about Jesus now and the, and the Father and the Holy Spirit, right, or the person standing in front of you. Because once we have, Jesus said, it's better for you that I go away. If I need to know something, I don't have to um, have Mark, you know, there. If Mark is away, I can ring Cheryl and say, Cheryl, this is this thing and this is this. So what do you think Mark, you know, will say about it? She say, oh, just do this. Just that. And she can say, well, and if he come back, he doesn't like it, tough. No, <laughs> no you know, <laughs> we need that um, Jesus said it's better for us that I go away because if I don't go away, the Holy Spirit will not come. So that is so, the whole, Jesus came to die for you. And Jesus said that it's better that he goes. He loves you so much. He said it's better that he goes so that this one person would come because it's better for you. Get to know that person. Get to know him. And when the time comes, he will reveal himself to the person standing in front of you. Because at the end of the day, it's never about you talking to that person. It's about the person that you're talking to and what God wants to do in their life. Amen? Okay, so double act. You know, um, we've been looking at this uh, way of remembering what to do, trying to make it easy. And... Uh, I could have used a P, but it doesn't work because then you get belp. <laughs> and it's a bit like burping, isn't it? <laughs> so the actual letter for today is S. So you've got B, which is bless, bless people. And we know about that. Eat, sorry, bells. Uh, eat, have coffee with people, socialize. Be a normal person. I know that, you know, like that's a challenge, but be a normal person. Actually, be friends with people. Share people's lives, chat to people. And then L, listen to them. Listen what is on their hearts, what they're, what, what's troubling them, what's ex getting them excited. And listen to the Holy Spirit as to what he wants you to respond to that. Now, why S? Well, S is this. Speak to God about people and then speak to the people about God. Speak to God about people and speak to the people about God. And I, and I think, it, like, I found what Joyce was saying really encouraging, but also really challenging. Because 
I think in these, these days which are busy that we live in, one of the, the biggest weaknesses that we have as believers is our time and our relationship with God. And yet that is the very thing we got into this for, isn't it? We didn't get come to Christ because we wanted to be part of a church. We didn't come to Christ because we wanted to read Christian books. We didn't come to Christ because we wanted to avoid certain types of music and listen to other sorts of music. We came to Christ for a relationship. And yet somewhere along the line, you, you can kind of lose that perspective. And because of we lose that perspective, we, we end up being ineffective. Because we, we are not tuned in to the voice of the Spirit. And the voice of the Spirit is the most important thing. And uh, I've been reading this book because God's really been challenging me and encouraging me uh, about something personally, but also something that I believe we, we are uh, heading towards as a church. So as a church, we've always seen uh, lots of healings. And over the years, we've seen different types of healings. And every so often, we see a sort of healing we've never seen before. And, and that's great. But I feel that God's been really challenging me to press in to see the sort of healings that previous generations saw. You see, we've got our great men of God and the great women of God and the great ministries and the great churches in the world. But they are nothing like we have seen in the past. We haven't got a Smith Wigglesworth in this generation. We haven't got a George Jeffries in this generation in the UK. We haven't got an Evan Roberts. Great as the people are that we've got, somehow we've slipped. We've slipped backwards. And, and I think a lot of that has to do because we become church people instead of God's people. And, and he needs to capture our heart again. So I've been sort of digging into to this stuff. And I've been reading these, uh, you know, books that, and, and stories that I love. And I remember reading them years ago. And I've been reading about Smith Wigglesworth. That's where I've been looking at this week. And he had two things. The, the book that I'm reading is written by a guy called Hibbert, who was a friend of Smith Wigglesworth. You know, they used to have uh, dinner together and go around to each other's houses and stuff like that. So he was a real close friend of Smith Wigglesworth for years. And uh, he wrote this book called The Secret of Wigglesworth's Power. And what he's saying is it was down to two things. It was down to the fact that Wigglesworth knew the word of God. That's number one. And there's, there's kind of stories that go about around about Smith Wigglesworth that we hear, but they get a bit religious-ized. That's not a word, is it? But you get the point. A bit religious-ized in that we, we tend to make them bigger and harsher than they are. So we, are, we get stories about how Smith Wigglesworth would never allow a book in his house or, or whatever that wasn't the Bible. That's actually not true. Um, and Hibbert used to say to him, well, you know, do, do you read the newspapers, Smith? And he said, well, I scan the headlines sometimes. And he, and he said to him, well, why don't you, you read them and then you'll know what's going on in the world and, and what people's opinions are and people's, you know, how they're thinking and all that. And, and he said, well, I don't read them because I'm not interested. Because whatever anybody's opinion is, the only opinion that matters is what God's is. 
And so I can get a more accurate version of that by reading the Bible than I can by reading the newspaper. So I'll read the Bible. And that, that's kind of what it was. And he loved God's word. But the other thing he loved was his time with God. And what that, what that, the result of that is that Smith Wigglesworth, he's, he's kind of known for some of the harsher stories, but when people met him, what really engaged them was his compassion. He, he would often weep over people and over th those he was talking to. And why was that? That was because he'd spoken to people about God. Uh, he'd spoken to God about people and he got God's heart for them. And it was like God weeping over them through him. And it's, and it's in that place. So we speak to God about others and he gives us his heart for them. And, and there's something incredibly powerful that we see when we flow with that heart of God. And I, I don't know why, it just, see, you know, it just seems to release more of the power of God to minister to people when they know that God's love is being shown to them. And so that's kind of where, where I'm coming from this morning. Now, we've done this whole series, and right so far, I have not told you how to do a gospel presentation, which is a bit remiss, isn't it? Like six weeks of a series on evangelism, and you haven't got a stock gospel presentation to take home. Here's the good news. At the end of today, and the end of this series, you still won't have a stock gospel presentation to take home. Because that's not the point. The point is to flow with the Holy Spirit in our everyday lives, lifestyle Christianity, habitualizing who we are in Christ and letting it come out of us. That's the point. It's to have a lifestyle that surprises the world. And the thing that surprises the world is that you can live differently from the world and yet love the people of the world. And so this, this word S, you see, what, what comes to, to me from that? And I'm going to read you a passage. It's from Romans. And I'll, I'll read you this passage and, and you'll see where, where I'm coming from. So it's Romans chapter 10 and it's going to include one of the verses that any, any faith person or spirit person will know better, better so, sometimes, almost like John 3.16. But, it, it, you know, it, it's from Romans. So here we go. Romans chapter 10. And I'm going to start at um, verse 13. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. How shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him if they haven't heard? How will they hear without a preacher? That word preacher is anybody who speaks about God. How, and how shall they preach unless they're sent? And then we go down to verse 17. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ, or the word of God in some translation. Here's what happens. People will then take that last verse and say, before you can do anything, you need to memorise everything. And you need to have loads of memory verses and be able to present the gospel and put loads of gospel quotes on it and all the rest of it. Here's the problem with that method. When that verse was written, there was no New Testament for you to remember. It's not talking about that. It's talking about 
When it's talking about the word of God or the word of Christ, it's not talking about presenting scripture. It's about presenting the person, the word of Christ, the word about Christ, what he gives you to speak through you. The word of Christ that the Holy Spirit reveals to you and tells you to say in that moment. And there's a much easier way of doing this. There's a much easier way of transitioning because at some point, you know, we, we can tell from that at some point, we actually have to talk to people about Jesus. Nobody gets saved without hearing about Jesus. You've got to understand that. Nobody gets saved by locking yourself in a room and praying for them. That's important, but without also hearing the word, nobody gets saved. Why do we pray for them? Because the Holy Spirit brings conviction to their hearts. That's what we're praying for. But we still have to speak to them. There is no revival without the word being spoken, without Jesus being communicated to people. The prayer that we have is to hear the Spirit's voice, what he shows us about people, to capture his heart that he gives us, and then go and speak to them. That's what we're praying for. And we're praying for the Holy Spirit to move on their hearts and prepare the ground before we speak to them. That's, that's what you pray for. That's what the, the New Testament Christians prayed for. And that, that's, that's what we ask. It's not a general, God, will you like save Trumpington? Trumpington cannot get saved without you talking to Trumpington. We ask God to move on people's hearts and prepare the ground before we speak to Trumpington and then we go and talk to them. That's how it works. That's how God brings about a move of God in a land. People asking him to prepare people's hearts and then going his labours into the harvest. So how, how then, if you've, been, you know, if you've been following this story and you, you, you're talking to somebody, I don't know, at the coffee machine or lunchtime at work or you know, in the pub or wherever you, you socialise with people or talk to people or stood next to them at work and they've been talking to you, you've been listening to God about what to say. How do you then talk to them about Jesus? Well, part of that will be coming from what, the, what God, the Holy Spirit, gave you to say to them in response to what they were saying. So, for instance, uh, I think I told this story about a, a young girl that I met and she was talking about all the really difficult things that she'd uh, encountered in her life. And, you know, some of the terrible things that people had done to her and how, how you know, how can there be a God in all that? And from that, I was, you know, the Holy Spirit gave me this to say. He, he, he told me to talk to her about how God had come through for me. That whatever had happened to me, however bad it was, however awful people had been to me, uh, however tragic the situation or difficult the situation, I had always found that if I trusted God, ultimately I came through the other side. And that's what I've always found out about God. But then, how do, you, how do you then take that further? Here's the thing. That in, when, we, um, when somebody comes to Christ, there's a gap that needs to be bridged. There's a gap between the person and God. 
And the thing that uh, causes or uh, makes that bridge to you actually being able to talk to them about Jesus is this. Now, you need to really listen to this. This is um, something that I can't do for you because the bridge is your story. The bridge is your story. The bridge that takes you across to be able to talk about Jesus is your story. So, I don't mean your rehearsed story. You know, the one that you can pull out and it's got six verses attached to it. And these, you know, it's you know your Christianized version of your story 20 years on from when you got saved. I don't mean that story. I mean... What difference has Jesus actually made in your life? How do you know him? What does it feel like to know him? What, what does he say to you? What does he talk to you about? And, and there's all sorts of ways you can do this, but you've got to have, there's a story you can tell. You see, if you took that previous example of all those things that had happened to, to that girl, here's the story. When I was a kid, I found it really hard to have friends because I came off the council estate and everybody I wanted to be friendly with didn't live on the council estate. And their, their mums used to tell people not to play with me. And so I got kind of bitter inside. But then out of that bitterness, I found that I couldn't forgive them. And that made it all worse. Because now I didn't want to be with them either. So not only did they not want to be with me, but I didn't want to be with them. And it, and it made it all worse. And you know, some people think it's really difficult to forgive. Well, it's not easy and you can't do it yourself. But here's what I found. I found that then I couldn't forgive. But somebody came along and they told me about how I'd been forgiven when I didn't deserve to be. That somebody had died for me, for all the wrong things that I'd done. They'd given up their life for me. And so I put my trust in them. I said, if you can forgive me like that, I, I want to be like you. I want to I go your way. So I started to follow this, this person, this Jesus. I started to follow him and I put my trust in him. And you know what? I found that he changed what went on inside me. I found that I could forgive. I found that... The, the, the bitterness went. I found that he actually, whilst other people didn't value me, he values me. That's a story. That's a bridge. You have got people's attention now. Why? Because they've been talking about their insoluble problem, about how they're bitter and all the things that have happened to them. And you've just said it can be different. And I know it can be different because this is my story. Okay, I can't do that for you. You've got all sorts of experiences in your life that you can do for you. But what I'm saying is this, is that this isn't a pre-prepared gospel presentation. This is who you are. We surprise the world and lead people to Christ by who we are because we are Christ in us. And he's made a difference in our lives and he can make a difference in everybody else's life. So what do you do? Having done all that, 
You see, sometimes people need a, like a push over the edge then. Here's, here's how it goes. I was reading a story, uh, I guess about 18 months ago now, really effective evangelist um, who um, led thousands of people to Christ, right, living right now uh, in Asia. He's a guy called Ying Kai. And this is, this is something he learned. He learned not to ask. Let me, let me put it this way. So what we would normally, what, what our evangelism methods do is to lead somebody through a process and say, would you like to know Jesus? Or would you like to be sure that if you die today, you're going to heaven? If you would, say this prayer with me. Or, and that's kind of a bit of a false guarantee, really, because it's, it's not saying a prayer that gets you to heaven. It's, it's a change of life that gets you to heaven because the Holy Spirit comes to live in you because you've given your life to Christ. So that's one approach. But the, the other approach is, you know, I've just said what I've said about forgiveness and how I dealt with that. And then I'll say, would you like me to tell you about Jesus? Or have you got any questions? The minute you do that, you've lost it in most circumstances. And that's what this guy discovered. Why? Because at that point, you're giving them an opportunity to resist the conviction of the Holy Spirit. And this is how he learned it. I'll tell you how he learned it. It's a little story. He learned it like this. He was, he was queuing up in a restaurant. And in, in these restaurants in the country he lives in, eggs are expensive. So people were queuing up for their breakfast and... At the end of it, they, they'd learned from, I guess, from McDonald's or Burger King or something, that the waitress, the person serving the food would say to you, would you like an egg with that? And people would go, well, that's going to cost me another $2. No, I wouldn't like an egg with that. And, and he was watching these people, and all the time, people, all, the odd person would take an egg, but most people didn't. And, and so he's watching this, and he's thinking, that's what I do. Anyway, one day he was actually in another town and he went for his breakfast and they were queuing up and he saw that loads of people had eggs on their plates. And he was kind of wondering why loads of people had eggs on their plates. And so he's watching them and he gets to the point where he can hear what the person's saying. Now, here's what the person's saying. They're not saying, would you like an egg with that? The question was, one egg or two? And he found that most people bought one egg or two. <laughs> Here's the thing. When you cross your bridge, you just tell them. You tell them about Jesus. You don't go, would you like to ask me some questions? Would you like to know more? Well, actually, no, I wouldn't. I'm busy. When somebody's done that, I know I wouldn't, I'm busy, you've now lost it permanently because you've given them a chance to work against the conviction of the Holy Spirit. What do you do? Here's what you do. You say, you see, here's the thing about that forgiveness. I found that what I couldn't do myself, God had done for me. I was a mess before I found Christ. I, I did all sorts of stuff wrong. Not, not a terrible mess, but I was heading that way. 
And I found that he died for every bit of that. I couldn't, I couldn't sort me. And I found out he could sort me. You see, he, he died so that he could find me. He died so that he could have me. He died so that he could, that, all the, that he paid for all the consequences of all the rubbish that I got up to. And he did that because he loved me. And right now, he's saying the same thing to you. He's saying he loves you. And he's asking you to respond to that love. And I'm asking you to respond to that love. Because I found there's nothing like it in the whole world. And it'll change your life. Now say with me this prayer. That's how it works. It's all from what is inside you. From what God has done in you. We don't apologize. We just go one egg or two. This is my story. One egg or two. Either way, you're having an egg. <laughs> you just... Uh, you do not give the devil a foothold. You don't give him an in. And that's the biggest thing I've learned in the last 18 months. Just to not stop talking. Just not stop talking. You stop talking, he can get in. Just keep going. Get to the prayer and say, will you pray this with me? Because he loves you and he wants you and he's been pursuing you and he values you. Even when nobody else values you, he values you. And right now he's saying, come to me. Here's how we come to him. Here's what I said. You can say it too. And I just pray. Okay. There is nothing in any of this that any single person in this room cannot do easily. The problem that we've had is we don't, we, we don't get to the end bit because we don't know how to bridge from the conversation. The bridge is your story. The bridge is you tell them what difference Christ has made to you in the things that they are facing. You speak to God about the people. And you let him break his, your heart for the people. And then you speak to the people about God. That's what all these great men of God have done in the past. And then the people have known that they're loved. Amen. Amen.